0: Welcome to our Making History Parenting Podcast, part of our Rolling Hills Podcast Network, which includes great podcasts like our Men's Leadership Network, As You Go for Women, and our Sermon Series podcast.
1: Hey guys, thanks for joining us for our Making History Parenting Podcast. We want to help parents navigate various stages of parenting. Most of all, we want to help make God's story come alive in the hearts of our kids. My name is Chase Baker and with me, co-host Jennifer Akers.
0: So today we're going to talk about an issue that has certainly had a profound effect on the next generation you know, especially as we look at this unique year that we've all had together. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about what the state of mental health is in the next generation, what they're experiencing, and how we can respond to it.
1: Yeah, that's good. And and we are also, um, just to let you know, that um, not a week goes by where I don't have a parent come to me and say, hey my child is struggling spiritually, emotionally, mm-hmm. and socially, um, what can we do, especially in their middle school and high school years?
0: Right. And so that's why we've actually decided to take a different approach to today's podcast. So Chase and I are going to be taking a step back from this interview today and having our middle school pastor, Jen Hendrich, and our high school pastor, Brandon Billups, do the interview.
1: Yes. And they sat down with our director of counseling here at Rolling Hills. Kathy Kuhn. Mm -hmm. Kathy's amazing. amazing. And she's going to be talking about the state of mental health in the next generation.
0: That's right. I can't wait to listen in. So let's check out that interview now.
2: Welcome to the podcast today. My name is Jen Hendricks and I am the middle school pastor here at Rolling Hills.
3: And I am Brandon Billups, the high school pastor at Rolling Hills. And we are so happy to announce that we are officially taking over this podcast.
2: Finally. It's about time. Am I right, Jen? (laughs) Okay, but seriously, we are invited to interview a very special guest today, and she has been very instrumental on our staff with all of our counseling needs. Here with us is Kathy Kuhn, who is our counseling director, who we certainly have worked closely with, especially with the groups of people that we work with.
3: And, you know, she is also the uh, podcast host of a podcast called As You Go. That's not in the script, but I'm adding it in because I got your back, Kathy. I Thanks love it. so
4: much for that. <laughs> um,
3: so Jen and I, we work with teenagers and their parents on a weekly basis. And from our perspective, we more like we value Kathy and her leadership so much. There's so many times we turn to Kathy and say, Kathy, here's a situation. We, we need your help, your mm-hmm. advice. And she's just amazing um, at helping our teams navigate, you know, various emotional and mental issues in our teens.
2: Absolutely. Kathy's been such an incredible support system on every level. Um, from our perspective, this past year really has taken its toll on the mental health of those that we serve between isolation, additional screen time, more cultural divide. We really believe that it has had deep effects on the next generation.
3: Yeah. And we realize that teenagers are not the only ones that are struggling, but for today's purposes, we're going to focus primarily on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Kathy, thank you for being here today.
4: Oh, I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to sit with you guys and to talk about um, all that our our teens are facing mm-hmm. today and what we can do to surround them and love them and guide them well.
3: Yeah, well, and we're so glad you're here. I, you know, I know for me, one thing I've seen in high school ministry, and, I, and Jen, I know you've seen this in middle school ministry, we do prayer requests. And one of the most common prayer requests that we've gotten over the last year has been about mental health mm-hmm. and depression mm-hmm. and suicide for them or for a friend. So I'll start just by asking this question. What are you seeing right now with the state of mental health with the next generation and what has COVID done to affect Mm -hmm.
4: that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, COVID has definitely have a, has had a huge impact on mental health for everyone. Um, And in particular, our focus right now is on our teenagers. Um, There's been a rise in suicide, a rise in Mm self-harm, a rise in anxiety and fear. Mm -hmm. So many unknowns of, you know, what our kids are you know they're they're listening to hard things and not knowing what to do with that information we've seen um just a lot of isolation because of our situation. They've been separated from community in so many ways because of the pandemic and their normal rhythm of life has been messed up. And so they, there's been a a more of a lack of routine, which has really, really impacted them a lot. And I think not only are we seeing, you know, depression, anxiety as a result of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. but we're also seeing it things that they were already struggling with. We're seeing those be exposed more Mm -hmm. because of the isolation and those lies that they've had a tendency to believe, and we all, um, tend to believe lies about ourselves from what we tell ourselves from what the yep. world tells us yeah. about who we are. And when you sit in isolation, there's more time for those thoughts to spiral and yes. we don't have those people in our lives to kind of break those thoughts, um, and point us in a different direction. So oh. definitely a huge, huge toll on, um, on the, on the thinking and on the hearts of our teenagers today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, to, sp- kind of piggyback on that I was thinking so much about like the loneliness aspect and I know a lot of what you mentioned really does stem from that that isolation and when we when we even did have those opportunities even like kind of as we got into COVID to have these variations of being back together when we were in those moments of complete isolation or loneliness I think that really caused especially our students to just pause with their vulnerability and honesty Mm -hmm. about what am I going through and how can I express that? Am I going to be like confident enough or able enough to share that? So we've seen some steps backwards that I think we're really having to push to pull things out and to like prompt them in as safe settings as possible with all these outside factors that are causing them to put pause or to hold off. Um, So I think this conversation that we're having today, I'm excited because we need suggestions. We need practical, even just simple things that we can do to to seize those opportunities that we have because we missed them. And even getting back, they look Different now. So again, I love that we're having this conversation. I know our middle schoolers need it. I know our high schoolers need it. I know that we need it. Parents, leaders, all of the above. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a great point.
4: Um, we've when we have that social interaction, and we've had it on a regular basis, and then we have almost a year now of things looking different. It's like we have to relearn how yeah. to interact with people, um, mm-hmm. and then we have all of these things that we've walked through potentially by ourselves and have held in by yes. ourselves and not shared. It's like you have to reconnect, you have to re-get to know people, you have to re-trust, relearn how mm-hmm. to be vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so there is there's a great learning curve even as we're starting to step kind of back into. Those social settings, like how do we do this again? Yeah. How do we <laughs> yeah. you know, um, it's hard as a, it's hard for
2: all of us. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna keep moving. We want to talk specifically about the parents. So I know mm. we have so many people listening who are parents of high schoolers, middle schoolers, maybe even younger that are going to be students soon. Um, let's talk about them, to them, and encourage them. We know that last year was difficult for them as well. I mean, all of us, not just the students. Um, Can you help us process what it was that a parent had to manage in this season? Okay, y'all, this was a whole different game for parents.
4: Um, You had – I mean, parents are now – the ones that were working outside of the home, now they're working remotely. Not only are they working remotely, but they're having to learn how to work Mm -hmm. remotely. Mm -hmm. You know, they're having a lack of community, a lack of interaction like they normally had. They're trying to set up offices in their homes. They're trying to maneuver with this house filled with people where everybody's in the same building at the same time. And then you have parents who are trying to do that. They're trying to maneuver through all of that. And they're trying to help their kids kids figure out how in the world are mm-hmm. we going to continue with school? What am I going to do with my kids depending on the age? Um, I have a kid sitting in front of a computer for extended hours a day. What are they doing? How am I supposed to supervise that? Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to supervise that and get my job? And, her? and so it's just this new learning curve. And all of these things that we're talking about that kids are facing, parents are facing them too. Mm-hmm. So they're in isolation they're having a lack of community Mm -hmm. they have fears and anxieties potentially you know and so they we've seen a lot of marriage issues that have come out of this we've Mm -hmm. seen a lot of alcohol and drug addiction that potentially was there before but now it's being exposed because we're all in the same place at the Mm -hmm. same time and we also know when we spend every say, every waking moment with one another, you know, we have the rub, and we have the tension, and For we have sure. the conflict, yeah. and yeah. you see irritabil- irritability yes. and, and bitterness. And honestly, there's a point when you're like, okay, kids, just go to your space and do your thing, mm-hmm. and that's just out of trying to survive um, but it's also taking a toll on what are those kids doing? What are yeah. we doing? You know, um, it's been it's been rough, and some for some it hasn't. For some it's been a great a great experience, but for a lot it's been really difficult to navigate.
3: Yeah, Kathy, one of the I don't know fears I have or things I worry about is you know that we look at these stats of suicides are on the rise, mm-hmm. depressions on the rise, mental health issues are on the rise, and we think that's a that's a different group of people. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not, that's not my kid. That's what would you say to a parent um, about what they can do to even just like start having a conversation about where their kid is mentally?
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I would have told you that that's not us and that's not our kid um, until we were faced with that in our own home years ago. And we would love to think that we're never going to be impacted by that. And, um, that's a that's a tough place to be, mm-hmm. but I would say things that are absolutely important is having those conversations about about hard things with your kids. And we know teenagers, um, oftentimes we're gonna get the, how was your day? It's fine, Mm -hmm. it's good. Mm -hmm. And then they go upstairs or they go to their room or whatever. And so one of the things that's been really helpful for us to have conversations is to ask our kids, hey, not just how was your day, but what was the high of your day and what mm-hmm. was the low of your day? Yeah. And it you get more information that way. Um, social media, good, it? It, there's been so much. Our kids are, I mean, they're hearing from the world mm-hmm. so much. They're hearing from social media. You have pandemic, you had politics, you had racial tension, mm-hmm. um, and they're getting all of this input. And There's a tendency, I think, for all of us to just believe everything that we read. And so to have open, honest conversations with our kids about those really hard topics, because if they can't come to us and talk to us, Mm -hmm. um, then who are they going to get the information from? And so which that kind of leads me to another point. You also want to have people in their lives. And I know that's been harder this year, but we want to have other people in their lives who love the Lord, who are mentoring our kids. And so when our kids have that moment when mom and dad are not cool, you know, I don't mm-hmm. want to open up <laughs> to mom and dad. We have them surrounded already by people who love the Lord. We have those leaders. We have yeah. and and I I do feel like we it's been a it's been a challenge as ministry leaders and how to stay connected and how to stay intentional. Mm-hmm. But I also think that We've done a pretty good job of being intentional with our students, even if we're not in the same room at the same Mm -hmm. time, but those checkpoints with our students um, and kind of overcoming some of those those obstacles um, of this past year. But talk to them, talk to them about talk to them about suicide. Mm-hmm. Talk to them about the things that they're anxious about. Talk mm-hmm. to them about their fears. I used to be afraid to bring up the word suicide because I didn't want to put that word in their mind. Mm. Well, I can tell you that they already know that suicide exists. Yeah. They probably already know someone who's struggled with it mm-hmm. or someone who has attempted suicide. Sure. And so you're not bringing up a topic that they haven't already heard. They, If they're already thinking about it, that's probably been something that's a part of their thought process for a little bit already. And so by bringing it up, you're opening up the door for them to have that conversation. Um, One of the biggest things, and I, I really struggled with this when we faced this in our home because I, I was shocked and I look back and I'm like, I didn't see it. And I didn't know. And, and sometimes you don't see it. Sometimes Mm. you don't see the signs But when it does come to light, when it is revealed, when it is exposed, not acting disappointed, Mm -hmm. not acting shocked. You may be shocked internally, but you want to love them and you want to listen and you want to be a safe place for them to be able to share what they're feeling, what they're thinking and what's going on.
3: That's so good. good, and I do want to clarify. I'll always be a cool dad to my kids, right? Oh, they're yes. five no, and two right now. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Okay, that's other um, parents. That, it's other those other okay. parents. Okay, right. cool, cool.
3: Just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Want to make sure. Like, um, Kathy, you mentioned identity we'll talk later. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 <laughs> okay. I'll need it. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned identity with 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 kids with parents. How does a parent understanding their identity? Um, how does that play into this dynamic this Mm -hmm. year
4: yeah um our 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 kids are are smart (laughs) our kids are observant Mm our kids are learning not only from the things that we say, but the things that we do. Mm -hmm. And it is so crucial that our identity is grounded in who Christ says that we are, so that we then are teaching that and showing that to our kids. Mm -hmm. Our kids are picking up, this past year I've seen it a lot, a lot really with Um, Even the younger kids, when we are anxious and when we are fearful about something, they will, they can, they can take on that fear Mm. when we um, are facing depression and, and many parents do. And so I'm not, I am not criticizing that. I'm just saying we need to be aware that our kids are, are learning from that um, and they're seeing what we're walking through. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't mean that our lives are easy. It doesn't even mean that we're going to walk it out perfectly, but we just need to know that we want to be teaching them how to lean into the Lord, how to turn to the Lord. Mm. We need to be teaching. We need to be reminding ourselves of who we are because of who the Lord says that we are so that we then are teaching that to our kids and
2: having those conversations. Yeah, that's That's so good. good. I think that's something I've been reminded of a lot personally and things that I've been trying as we talk to parents and leaders through It's hard to lead. It's hard to love. It's hard to advise from an empty place. Mm -hmm. And I think that ties in so much to our identity. How do we get filled up? Well, ultimately by God's word. What does God's word say about who he is, who we are? Obviously, there's been so many external factors that have influenced that in our own selves this year. It's kind of caused us to feel maybe drained ourselves. And so when a student comes to you, which also a student coming to you is amazing. I think there's that's even rare in and of itself. Absolutely. But when you have those opportunities to speak to them, to speak into them, am I at a place where I can not only like see it and receive it in the moment, but speak into it in a way that's healthy too. And so that's been like a challenge for me to constantly be in God's word, be in prayer, be in conversations and in intentional community where I know I'm in a safe place i can be spoken to we can encourage each other cuz i want to have the that ability to step into moments when they happen and i might not always have the perfect thing to say i don't think any of us ever feel like we have the perfect thing to say but to even just be willing to hear and to respond in love and support so that when words do come up when mm-hmm. questions do come up they feel like okay i was heard I was responded to, maybe they're going to actually stick with me through this journey I'm walking through. Um, Just such a good encouragement. And just, again, even for me to feel like I haven't always been filled up. I haven't always been feeling like I'm 100% ready to like answer this question or be present. So it's a challenge for me to wake up every day and make sure I have that time where God is filling me and other people in my life are too. Yeah, And
4: we're drawn – I mean, in our flesh, we're drawn to – the things of the world and we're drawn to, um, you know, wanting to be like something else or wanting to please people, wanting the approval of people, not wanting to, to fail, wanting to be successful, um, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And this year has also exposed much of what we worship and what Mm. we um, idolize. And when we're not able to attain the things that we worship, Mm -hmm. we feel like we have failed and we feel a sense of hopelessness. And so when we're reminded of God's love for us and that His love for us is perfect and He sees us as worthy, not because of what we have done, but because of what He has done for us... And when we recognize his forgiveness and Mm -hmm. we recognize his grace and we recognize that even if I feel alone, and that's hard. I I don't mean for that to sound like that's easy at all. But even when I feel alone, I'm not alone Mm -hmm. because God tells me in his word that he is always present and that his love for me is consistent and that he has a plan and a purpose for me, even in the midst of the suffering, even in the midst of the hard. And, And we've got to be... We've got to be grounded in that. But just like you said, the only way to do that is to keep filling our heart and filling our mind with his truths so that we can take our thoughts captive, so Mm -hmm. that those things that we're believing – that are lies, that are not truth, we can combat them mm-hmm. with what God says is yeah. true.
3: Well, then I think the hope, too, is that that comes out in front of our kids. Yeah. So yes. I'm really afraid of losing my job, but listen, I know God's in control, mm-hmm. yes. and He's got a plan. And I feel like that right there says more than hiding your worries oh, or fears yes. from Abs- your
4: kids. That is fantastic yes, we don't need to pretend to be something that we're not. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great thing to tell our children, I'm really struggling with that too, but yeah. this is what I know to be true. And this is what I want you to know to be true. Mm. Um, yeah. It's a powerful thing to tell our kids. I've, I've I've struggled with that. And so I can have empathy and I can have compassion for you. Yeah. Um, but let me tell you about what The Lord is teaching me. Let me tell you what um, I'm still learning and how I'm still growing and know that I love you and I'm gonna walk alongside you and we're gonna do, we're gonna battle this. We're gonna lock arms together in prayer and we're gonna battle this together.
2: That's good. That's powerful. To be vulnerable is scary. It's hard. I mean, I definitely think for our middle and high schoolers, but for all of us, and when someone chooses to do that to you, it immediately helps you feel open to do the same. Mm. And I know I said just earlier, we kind of joked it's rare or it's exciting if a student or any kid walks up and just tells you boldly, "Here's what's going on with me. Um, let me into the the broken parts or the scared parts. Um, hey, can you help me?" I think that's rare. But what we want to talk about is for the common side of when they aren't necessarily able to or brave enough in that moment to articulate, what are they dealing with? How, what can we be looking for? How do we recognize if a child is struggling? What do we do about that? What steps do we take? Yeah. (laughs) Great question.
4: And the interesting part is a, a lot of my answers you have to be face-to-face with someone to be able to recognize and so Mm -hmm. that's been harder this year if you know, when you're in the house, yes, but if you're outside of the house as ministry leaders connecting with the, those students, um, it's it's been a little bit harder mm-hmm. um, to do and to be able to discern that. But what we want to look for are any drastic changes in behaviors, um, anything that's now all kids are different. They have different emotions. Some have highs and lows that are their normal. Some are more steady. So you're looking for what are changes that are against their normal? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And so we've got to be able to know them to be able to recognize that thing. You want to look for changes in eating habits, changes in sleeping habits. If they're more withdrawn than maybe they typically have been, Um, excessive crying or nervousness. Mm -hmm. If they're talking about a fear and you see them talking about that same fear over and over and over, kind of a circular mm-hmm. conversation um, mm-hmm. that's really important to pay attention to. Or a fear about things that are, it could be small things or big things, but you see a, a constant pattern of fear about multiple things. So you just want to be on the on the lookout for that. Anytime that a child has faced Uh, humiliation, they faced rejection, Mm -hmm. um, the destruction of a relationship, you want to keep an eye out on them and Mm. just see how they're kind of walking that out. Is it a, um, I'm going to use the word healthy, and that's kind of a tricky word, but is it something that is um, out of the norm for someone who has experienced a situation such as that? Is it going on longer? Is it Um, Are you seeing drastic, drastic changes in in their behavior? Um, Talking about suicide, general hopelessness, Mm -hmm. um, unnecessary risk, impulsive behavior. We always want to look for alcohol Mm -hmm. um, or drug. Mm. If they're finding comfort or numbing in any way, that's not something that is good for them. It's not a godly way of handling what they're walking through. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, some don't some it's really hard to know what's going on they have trouble communicating um maybe they're a processor and so Mm -hmm. and so asking them those questions questions to get them to not have yes or no answers but but getting more information out of them is going to be really important
3: man that is that is awesome kathy if if a parent is listening right now and and they think their kid is really struggling. What's the one step they need to take first?
4: <laughs> uh, l- listen, love, encourage, and offer hope. that's mm-hmm. that's always gonna yeah. be my number one. that's gonna be ongoing. Um listen with compassion and listen with a heart that desires to understand what they're walking through. Mm -hmm. Um, If you see there's immediate danger, of course, I always say 911, you know, there's a suicide prevention lifeline, which we can send out, which is 1-800-273-TALK. But engaging them in conversation and also connecting them with godly mentors, counselors, maybe even medical professions. Don't be afraid to ask for help.
3: Kathy, you mentioned counselors. Let's talk about counseling for a second. I mean, There's so many people, there's a stigma around counseling um, a lot of times. What would you say to our parents about um, if they wanted to see a counselor or talk to you or even just had questions about how to get mm-hmm. this started?
4: Mm-hmm. Um, the, the beauty of counseling is that we get to sit across from someone who is going to help us process what we're walking through, what we're going through, even how did we get to that place of thinking? And then what do we then do with that? And if you hesitate to go to counseling, I would just encourage you. um, Honestly, I would encourage everyone to have a counselor, to have that safe outlet, to be able to talk about the really, really um, hard things that are going on in our life. And um, there's, there there really, I, it breaks my heart that there would still be a stigma. And I know that things have changed over generations and the way that some of us grew up versus, um, you know, counseling now is very different. And I just, I, I would highly encourage you. That is a, an amazing resource in the process of help and healing. And, um, I know we are at, at rolling Hills, we, um, we take a look at the counselors that are in our community and mm-hmm. vet them in a sense. And so we we know them and we know that that they're faith-based and we know what the process looks like. And we're, I would say, pretty intentional about getting to know the people that are in our community, getting to know we have counselors here that are, are partners at, at our church. And and I would say the same for other churches as well. They're, go to a pastor, go to a ministry mm-hmm. leader, and say, this is where we are. I don't even know where to start. I don't mm-hmm. even know how to start to begin that process of connecting myself with a counselor or connecting my my child with a counselor. And so make that first step in connecting with somebody at church. Mm-hmm. And most likely, I, most churches that I know of, they have a list. They have a network. You know, for us here, when, when you guys make that connection with a student or you make that connection with a parent, typically what happens is you'll then reach out to me, and then I'll get the opportunity, which is such a gift to be able to talk to that mom, talk to that dad, talk to that teenage boy or that teenage mm-hmm. girl, and just kind of assess and learn what's going on in their life so that I then can discern what resources I then can connect them to, whether that be in-house, in church, or whether that be something that we're connected to in the community. So there's a there's a process, there there's a way, um, there's an avenue, there's somebody to help, you yeah. um, and that can seem overwhelming, but but just make that initial connection with that ministry leader. Mm-hmm. Um, it it makes sense that we're we're not going to always know how to do this, yeah. and so we need. We need support also as a parent. And sometimes we try to, okay, my child is um, facing this. I don't know what to do. So we're just going to kind of quietly do this as a family, like behind the scenes. Yeah. But we need people to hold our hands up when, when we're weak and when yeah. we can't and any, anymore. Um, and so we need people to, intercept, to intercede yeah. in prayer, to battle in prayer with us. And so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do that. There, there can be a sense of I've failed if my kid is walking through something difficult. Like what did I do wrong or what Mm. what should I have done? But you just take it like this is where we are now and we can learn from, and we're not perfect parents. Maybe we did. Maybe we did do something that we could have done differently, but maybe not. Maybe it's the way that the, you know, the kids have been brought mm-hmm. into circumstances or situations, and they don't know how to handle them, and they feel mm-hmm. hopeless. And yeah. so you start at that point, you look back, and you say, what can I learn from that? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you, you walk forward, and how do we walk this out now in a way that their identity is grounded in Christ, in a way that they are seeing that there's hope and that they are finding healing um,
2: through Christ and through community and other resources. That's so good. I think what stands out to me about what you just said was don't keep it in the dark or the secrecy side of it. Invite other people into it. I know it's not our tendencies to want to blast the things we're struggling Mm -hmm. with. I get that. I don't think any of us ever want to do that. It is amazing. I've seen it hundreds of times over and over it really takes one sometimes being willing to share and they're in a, in a small big group setting whatever with family with friends there's always someone maybe they're not going through the exact same thing but when someone's willing to share that gives everyone else the freedom or the safety to do mm-hmm. the same and to have community when walking through really anything but especially through this game changer all Mm -hmm. around, whether you're talking about the student, the parent, anyone involved, because again, anything in the dark, anything in secret, well, that just brings upon extra fear, extra shame. I think that's where we see so much spiral, but we've all been there. The second Mm -hmm. we spoke something out loud, we shared it with a group that was safe. There's even freedom just even in that. And then that's the person who might call us two days later, or text us a week later, and we're walking this journey together, checking in on each other. I mean, that's an incredible reminder for everything in life. We've gotta have community, do it boldly, hopefully in a safe place, but to walk through something together. I mean, God shows us that over and over. That's something that's gonna help us get through anything. Absolutely, and
4: and God wants to be glorified through these journeys. Mm -hmm. He wants us to find healing through Him, and then he wants us to share that journey, that comfort, says he's the father of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction so that mm. we can then comfort others with that mm. same comfort. Yeah. And so we so. walk through these things, and they are so hard. We walk through the trials, and we walk through the suffering, and we, we get to experience God in a different, more intimate kind of way. Yes. And when we find healing through Christ— And then we get to share that. We get to share Christ with others. What a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, So Kathy, thank you so much for being here today, um, talking to our parents. I do want to say like to all our parents listening, Jen, myself, Kathy, we're a resource to you. Um, Please don't be afraid to reach out even if you just have questions um, about what's going on. Mm -hmm. But again, Kathy, thank you so much. Thank Thank you, you Kathy.